Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for listening to the hashtag Create Your Earth Life podcast with myself, your host, Janessa Staples. And today we have a guest on. His name is Bill Hobson. He is a Christian and everything he does is faith-based, based off of what he talks about or how he behaves. And he is a very, very busy man with multiple podcasts as well as a um, TV host uh, about golf. And he's very interesting, very, very kind, and he has a lot of great biblical knowledge. So I hope you guys enjoy. God bless you all. All right. Can you introduce yourself, please? I'm Bill Hobson from Hobson Media and uh, host a number of different podcasts, including The Big Impact, uh, Marriage Talk, The Four Golfers Network, uh, Church Pew Sports, and a few others along the way. Wow, that's amazing. So is that like a lot of work? Because I know having one podcast is a lot of work. You have to be organized uh, because podcasting is certainly not my full-time professional role in life, although some of the programs are connected to what I do for a living. Um, I have a kind of a strange world where half of my life is I host a TV show about golf destinations. I do a syndicated radio program. And then we have the four podcasts each week. And that's still about half my life. And then the other half is I work with faith-based ministries around the country and help them with their communication and their fundraising. So um, you have to be organized. That's for sure. You want to keep that schedule. Yeah. So you're um, the golf and the other um, ones you mentioned before, are they faith-based or no? Well, um, it's an interesting question. It's a good question. Um, some of them are overtly faith-based. For instance, uh, Marriage Talk podcast. I do that in conjunction with a licensed Christian counselor who answers questions from our audience. I just facilitate. I'm just the interviewer. And uh, bringing a biblical perspective to the challenges of marriage is really, it's really pretty powerful stuff. But the, everything else that I do, and I was actually asked this on a radio interview last week, uh, the, the host who I've known for quite some time, he said, you know, I, I know you as a talk show host and as a golf TV host. Are there two Bill Hobsons? And I said, I, I really hope not. Um, I'd like to think that there's one of me who behaves the same way no matter what I'm doing. And uh, that in everything that I say and everything that I do, that it would be honoring to my faith and honoring to the Lord. So if it's a conversation about a golf destination or if I'm interviewing a, a PGA Tour star, we may not be talking about anything connected to faith, but I'm not going to say anything that would um, cross a line of harming my testimony. So um, what does 1 Corinthians tell us? In everything you do, whether it's in word or in deed, do all to the glory of God. My hope is that that's what I'm doing. I'm not perfect, but I hope that's what I'm doing. Yeah, absolutely. Especially since the fact that once you're saved, um, like the Holy Spirit's in you and God, you know, changes you over time. Um, you have that salvation. And so all your works and all your conversations and all the things you do are a reflection of the work that he's done inside you. Yeah, for sure. And I'm also so thankful and frequently reminded that there is not one character, one person in all of recorded scripture other than Jesus, who wasn't a flawed person. 
So we look through Hebrews and we look through the hall of faith or we look back at what Moses did in leading the Israelites out or we look at King David, we look, they all had incredible flaws, but they were still used by God to accomplish what he wanted them to do. And uh, so I, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I, I take comfort in realizing that I don't, I'm not perfect and I don't have to pretend that I am. Uh, I just try to stay focused on honoring the Lord with what I do. Yeah. How long have you been a Christian for? Wow. You know, I'm old. I can tell I'm probably double your age. So I'm 52. I don't know how old you are, but I know I'm at least double. I can almost tell you. Um, I remember accepting Christ at the age of five. There used to be, so 47-ish years, there used to be uh, this would never happen these days, but there used to be something called release time Bible class where from elementary school, you would get out early. And in my case, I remember we would walk down a couple of blocks around this corner into a home where there would be a, a Bible group, a Bible club for kids, led obviously led by an adult. And um, like I said, the ACLU would go crazy if that concept was applied because I went to a public school. So you can't even imagine it. But that's what happened back then. And I remember one day, the uh, the teacher at the front of the room explaining this concept of accepting Christ as your Savior. And I remember uh, at the time when, when, you know, she prayed, and if that's something you'd like to do today, just just slip your, just raise your hand. And uh, we'll talk with you more later. Kind of, You know, what am I? I'm five. So I'm in kindergarten or first grade or whatever it was, and raised my hand. And I vividly remember the moment, partially because the kid who was sitting behind me snapped me with a comb at that same moment. And I don't know why. I don't know if he was mad at me. I don't know what the deal was. But that was the day that I have always um, kind of cited as being the start of my faith journey in Christ. And I remember when that meeting adjourned and we were all leaving the house and my mom had come to pick me up. And um, when I told her in the car what I had done, she started crying. And I wasn't really sure if I was in trouble or <laughs> what I had done. And she was she was so happy. She was crying tears of joy. I'm very blessed to come from a family where faith has always been at the forefront of everything we do. And I know that's not the case for everybody, but I was I was really blessed in that way. And so um, ever since then, I have been a part of the family of God. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's very interesting. My son's five. So um, I teach him about God and I um, he watches a super book, which tells the stories of God. And I we do church. Um, we do we do it on the TV at the moment on Sundays and he's getting into it, but, uh, I don't know if he understands the whole concept of it. Some days he like questions God, like he was like, how do we know? Or like, or sometimes he'll be like, I believe in Jesus, but not God. And I'm like, well, they're pretty much the same, you know, like and I try to explain it to him. So he's, he's very, he has a lot of questions. Um, but I do remember the day that I kind of introduced God to him because he asked me, we we're going on a hike and he asked me, he goes, mama, how did all of this get here? How did we all get here? And I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> I so love hearing questions from kids because as we get older, we start pretending like we know the answers and we don't always know the answers. And it's so cool to be able to, to listen to that innocence 
and their approach of these things. And the same thing happened when our kids were, were younger. And I, uh, I, I, I love those moments because it's really when you can, you can take some time and try to explain it, what in many cases is unexplainable, but you try to, to make it make sense. And so, you know, when you're dealing with a five-year-old, I don't, I don't think they necessarily have to grasp the idea of the deepest theological constructs. But what if they can understand that there was a man who was also God, who loved you so much that he actually died for you? And he wants to have a relationship with you. And he wants to be a part of your life for the rest of your life. It's so cool. And in this era where it seems like everything that we used to rely on has been put into a blender and shaken up and you know thrown all over the place, whether it's people or organizations or government, or whatever, um, to be able to introduce to a kid the concept that God never changes and he never lets you down, that's really powerful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He asked some questions too that uh, strengthen my faith because I have to now look up like the yeah. answers or like try to figure out like, well, it, he goes, well, why did God uh, let me fall the other day and hurt my leg? And I'm like, wow, well. <laughs> like, I'm like, I had to explain that stuff to him. Um, so it's a work in progress, but that's yeah, so cool. We're not, we're not robots, right? And so we have this free, this free will, which is kind of mind blowing when you also He's five. He won't get it. I'm 52. I still don't get it because we have free will, but almighty God already knows what I'm going to decide. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so you feel as if you were, or you say you're saved at five. Um, did you walk with Jesus this whole time or did you ever, um, did you, did you ever, your faith ever, I don't want to say weekend, but did you ever glide away a little bit and then come back or you've always been there? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, there have been periods of my life that I would say you're, you're residing on this spiritual mountaintop where you just, I mean, you just couldn't be happier. Things couldn't be better. You're, you're paying attention. You're reading scripture. You're, uh, your life is fully immersed in all things faith-related. And those are, that's where we're supposed to be. Uh, there have been a lot of times in my life where I have, um, in, I have intentionally turned the channel. How about I put it that way? Where um, I, I sometimes think that it's even more, um, it's even more damning to say this about myself than it would be had I never had any introduction to faith. Why? because I knew better. Uh, I, I know what is right. I know what is wrong. Um, I know what I should be doing, what I shouldn't be doing. And for those times when I went ahead and chose the, what I shouldn't be doing, um, it, it's, it tears you up inside because you're actually uh, consciously saying to God, I'm going to come back to you in a little bit here. I just want to have time for you right now. I'm going to I'm going to cordon off or I'm going to section off. I'm going to build a little petition here around, around the things that I know you want me to do because I'm going to go have some fun here for a while. Um, and there are so many 
references to this in scripture and examples of this where you choose the pleasure of sin for a season over the blessing of God for generations. And sadly enough, I've, I've been there uh, a number of times and I'm not, not happy about it, but I, I think it does a considerable disservice to anybody who's listening or watching your podcast to pretend that, oh no, ever since the age of five for 47 consecutive years, I'm on a hot streak. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we are, we are fallen creatures, you know, all mm-hmm. we like sheep have gone astray. And, and so very thankful for the grace. In fact, one of the things that I pray every single day is Lord, thank you for your grace and for your mercy, and for your forgiveness, um, and for tolerating a, a, such a, a flawed individual like me. That's true. I've never renounced my faith. I haven't done those things where you would say, I I no longer believe in God. I know people who have, but that hasn't been me. Mine has actually, my struggle um, over the years has probably more often been consciously deciding that for for right now, it's just going to be about me. And here we are in this narcissistic mindset where um, I come first. It's just me. It's just me. It's just me. And uh, that's not a very good path to go on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So about your podcast, what inspired you to create all these, uh, these different podcasts, um, discussing about faith and different topics? Well, I'm going to back you up a ways. Cause back when I was a teenager, actually, when I was in, in like 10 years old, so preteen, uh, believe it or not, I had hair back then. Um, I did the commercials. I was in the TV commercials for my dad's businesses uh, these were some horrible commercials. They're really bad. We hope that the tapes never resurface. <laughs> but being a part of that process got me really hooked on the idea of communication, of telling stories, of interviewing people and that kind of thing. And even through junior high and then into high school, uh, I was working full time in different forms of media, um, sometimes as an unpaid intern and then later, of course, as a profession. And um, I've done radio for 35-ish years, and I just, I really enjoy the ability to to, to help tell a story. So a few years ago, um, I started listening to a podcast of a a comedian who is one of the most brilliant thinkers, who's also uh, pretty profane, and I don't, I'm not, I'm not, like I said, I'm not perfect, but I listened to Adam Carolla's podcast, and uh, so here, how about this, how about conservative Christian old guy listens to profane podcast of atheist comedian and finds inspiration because he has a network of, I think, 10 podcasts or something. And he makes millions doing it. I don't. But I started thinking to myself, you know what? I um, There are some things I'd like to do in this new era of communication, which is the world of podcasting. Uh, traditional radio is going through some real tough time. I mean, it's, it's an on-demand world. So uh, first started with um, the golf program because I've been doing a TV show about golf for 20 years now. So it's just a natural spinoff of that. And then my favorite program um, started four years ago is The Big Impact. And on that program, every week we share inspiring, uplifting and positive stories with guests, sometimes famous and sometimes not. Uh, We've had you know, Grammy winners, Hall of Fame athletes, Purple Heart recipients, 
And then every once in a while, we'll have somebody on who you've never heard of who just has a really good story to tell. And I love it when um, we can incorporate those conversations into the bigger picture of faith. And, um, and then interestingly enough, the most listened to podcast that I do is called Marriage Talk. And it's the one that I have the least amount to do with. So maybe that should tell me something I don't really know. Because that one relies on the expertise of uh, the licensed counselor that really provides some important insight for people that are struggling in their relationships. So that's kind of how I got started. And now four years later and several hundred episodes in um, all the way across the board, um, it's kind of fun. It's not lucrative. You, as you well know, you do it as a passion project. Um, and it does help open up some doors, though, to, uh, to further conversation. I've really enjoyed that. So I just started yesterday. The first two episodes went up. I don't have the logo up on my wall yet behind me of a podcast called Church Pew Sports. And it's where pastors come together to talk sports and life. Um, and we're having fun with it. So, uh, so much sports talk also includes, uh, you know, profanity and body conversation. We thought, what, what if we just talk sports like fans, but we just didn't swear. And uh, so we're having fun with that one. So that's another one on the drawing board here that uh, occupies some time here in the studio. Wow. You are very busy. Organized. Yeah. Organized. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, you can record two or three episodes at a time, and it helps you get out of the schedule a little bit. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yesterday, I um, I interviewed a woman, and she has a podcast, and it's for – it's like faith – it's not called Faith for Coaches, but it's like it's like coaches getting together talking about their faith, um, and it's really interesting. So it sounds similar to yeah. that faith-based and about sports. Um, so very interesting. Well, you can only talk about your favorite team and rivalries for so long. So one of the things that we enjoy doing on Church Pew Sports is ending every episode with what we call the three-minute message. And based on whatever we were talking about earlier in the episode, one of the pastors, this is the beauty of having a table surrounded by pastors, one mm -hmm. of them is kind of put on the spot to deliver a connection so that you can take a lesson with you or some real life faith implications with you from what we've talked about. So we'll see. We just got started with that one. And um, as you're, what are you, 30 or so episodes into your podcast? I'm, uh, no, I'm like 70 episodes, oh, okay. I think. So yeah, or almost I, 80. As you'll see, as you continue going along, it's uh, it's as informative for the host as it is for the audience, right? Mm -hmm. I love learning things from the guests that I have on the program. And um, it, if for no other reason, I think it makes me a, maybe a bit more wise and a, a little more rounded in my view of what people are dealing with these days. Yeah, absolutely. And I um, was looking at the big impact before and checking it out, listening to an episode. And I like that it sounds like um, in a way it like has that whole like self-help, uh, self-development look, but it's like faith-based. Yeah. 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 And I'm glad you said that. Um, there are plenty of, well, back when there were bookstores, there were plenty of books on the shelves under the self-help category. And while I have had a couple of guests on recently who would proclaim that they are self-help experts, 
um, I want to make it very clear to everybody that I, I really believe that there are steps we are to take to help ourselves, but that we do them as directed by the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, self-help for me is kind of a strange term. I don't really care for it because that, again, that turns things back on me. Well, I've seen the downside of living things according to my own protocols, and it's not, it's not usually a good result. And you've heard, you've heard phrases like my truth. You know, that's, a, that's a popular phrase these days. You know, I'm, spe- I'm going to speak my truth at the rally. I, this is my truth. Um, my truth doesn't mean anything because I am always, by default, going to shape my truth to serve my purposes, right? Um, I guess an example of that could be, let's take something that's kind of ambiguous. Let's take, uh, let's take our tax returns. My truth might, might allow me to take some shortcuts and do some other things regarding my taxes that I shouldn't do, but my truth tells me that I deserve it. This may not be the best example in the world. Whereas the truth, the, the truth of scripture that doesn't change would say, as Jesus said directly to the Pharisees, what, whose inscription is on this coin? Caesar. Well, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. Um, my truth will always bend to my preferences. <clears throat> That's not always the way we're supposed to go. So I try to put everything through a framework of not self-help, but um, guided help. How's that for a better phrase? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah. And that's something that I'm learning because before being saved, I was writing a self-help book. And now after I'm like taking some of the information from it and then like, um, you know, connecting it to what the Bible says and, or like just completely taking it out. Um, certain things I'm just not putting in. Well, you know, part of the danger of, of, of determining a path based on one's self is that we would then, if you don't have any connection to faith, then what are you connecting it to? Well, probably the culture. Well, how healthy is our culture? Not. Uh, if I'm going to base my decisions on my political preferences, how healthy is our political culture? Terribly unhealthy. Um, or the opinions of my friends, or even the opinions of my family, if I'm going to use all of those as the sole basis for decision-making, what happens when they're all wrong or when they change their opinion? Mm-hmm. And we've seen this a lot. I was talking with a, a, a child psychologist about the impact of COVID on children, especially those who were sitting in a classroom about a year ago right now, and never went back to a classroom. Like the next day, they didn't get to see their friends, their teacher for a long time, and how that was a rug pulled out from under them. And then if they're involved in sports and those all got canceled, another rug pulled out from under, and and one rug after another because everything just kept shifting. Uh, Maybe dad loses or mom loses his or her job, another rug pulled out from under them. And, And especially true for young people as they just see this domino effect of things collapsing everywhere, they kind of wonder if there's anything left they can rely on. Well, if you don't have a foundation of faith, I don't know what that answer is. 
I don't know what you count on, except for hopefully maybe the love of mom and dad. I don't know what you count on is not changing. Um, and so the, the beauty of a foundation in scripture and a foundation of faith is that it doesn't change. God doesn't change. He, he actually doesn't get breaking news alerts. Um, there's no crawl across the bottom of his screen informing you of anything because he, he, you know, he has full knowledge. He's omniscient and doesn't, doesn't waver because of public opinion. So when you're building a foundation for your life, how smart is it to build it on the rock as opposed to on a, on a foundation of sand, as the uh, scripture says, as the old song goes? Yeah, right, right. And um, speaking of all that, uh, if you don't have a foundation of faith and you don't know what your foundation is, it can bring you down a scary, bad, dangerous um, path. And unfortunately, that's actually what happened. Uh, I live in, I don't know if you, it was on Fox News, but um, a kid, uh, a teenager in my town, Brunswick, Maine, um, he ended up committing suicide because he was taken out of sports. Like he couldn't do his sports. He wasn't going to school. He started to isolate. And then that was what he decided to do. And I mean, I don't, I don't know the family. I don't know him, but I'm, I'm guessing if he maybe, maybe would have had Jesus and would have had God, he would have something, you know? So it's just really, really sad that this is all going on and people are feeling this way. You know, my pastor, a few months ago in one of his messages, he made such a great point. He said, we are, we as Americans in 2021 are the most connected culture in the history of mankind, technologically connected. And we're also among the most alone and isolated cultures of all time. Because oddly enough, the more that we you know, dive into our devices, the less we are connecting with each other. And it's sad to hear about that young man. And we have a young man in our world that took his own life. And um, it it still is very heartbreaking to think about how you get to that place. You know, how does one go to that place? I got a call from a friend of mine who runs a ministry where one of the kids that they serve, his father took his own life because he lost his job and believed he was responsible for his family getting COVID. Mm. And um, it's hard to know how someone goes from A to Z, where Z is complete desperation, complete panic, complete depression and darkness to where they they believe the only solution is uh, to end their lives. It's, it's, it's sad and it's tragic. And, and it does happen to people of faith from time to time. And I, I, it's a head shaker. You know, I, I guess if I could figure that out, I'd try to help more people. I don't understand that part of it. Um, I've had some, some real sad times in my life. And at no point had that extreme measure ever crossed my mind because as dark as things can be from time to time, I've always known that I had the foundation of Christ to rescue me. What is Jonah? Jonah's, you know, uh, the story of Jonah and the whale. Uh, People sometimes think that that's allegorical. I believe it happened. It's in scripture and it's very detailed. So I'm, I'm a literalist. I, I translate scripture as these things happen. Well, one of the things that he says in his prayer of repentance is you brought me up from the depths. I had sunk into the 
to the deepest part of the ocean and you brought me up, you have rescued my life from the pit. It's one of the phrases that Jonah uses. And I think that's uh, such a powerful image for people who are struggling with depression and, and, and isolation and maybe feeling like they're down in the pit. You know, they're down in the well or whatever it happens to be for them. Um, there is an answer. There is an answer. Christ will bring you up out of that pit and restore you, heal you, and set your feet on the right path. You just have to call out to him. I mean, literally, you just have to ask for help. Yeah. Yeah. So where can people find your podcast? Podcasts. They're everywhere. They're on all the Apple podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, all those things. Um, for for the most part, I would encourage your audience to check out BigImpactRadio.com. Uh, and we, we do there a little bit of what you and I are doing now, which is we not only post the audio podcast, but we also post the, the video version of the interviews. That's one of the benefits of the pandemic. We all learned how Zoom works. And uh, <laughs> so we can capture some of those as well. Uh, but there, there are by category on that site, different inspiring conversations. You may be struggling with, um, with depression or something like we have guests on there from that category. Maybe you just want to hear a fun conversation with a hall of fame athlete, whatever we we've got them all categorized on there and would love to have you go back and look through. And we've talked to everybody from the, my pillow guy, Mike Lindell to, a gentleman who got a double organ transplant at the same time, uh, heart and uh, kidney, and today is thriving. And the story of how that all happened is literally a miracle. And it's just really, really cool. So uh, again, we've enjoyed sharing those stories for quite some time. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that could be really helpful, especially during this pandemic of mental health, Ill, uh, mental illness, um, you know, increasing and everything. Yeah. And let me make a point if you don't mind, uh, because one of the things that I have been encouraging people to do now for the last several months is turn off the news. Um, there is no greater, I, my belief, I don't think there's any greater contributor to the mental health problems of our nation right now than gearing yourself to the news of the day, because they have a vested interest in making you fearful. Mm -hmm. We don't need that. If a big event happens, you'll hear about it. You're not going to miss it. If you need a weather forecast, you know, pop your head out the window. It's not going to change that much from today to tomorrow. But generally speaking, from the national news basis, it is just a nightmare out there. And uh, I did this for a few weeks. We just turned it all off and started realizing that life, life is fairly pleasant if you don't allow yourself to get dragged down by the culture because, man. It is an ugly scene out there. Why? Because the, the decision makers at the level of network and 24-7 and cable news outlets, they don't have your best spiritual interests at heart. They just want you to keep watching. And so this is my old man advice is turn that garbage off once in a while, get outside, read a book, uh, listen to a good podcast, uh, adopt a daily Bible reading plan, and you'll be amazed at how, how, how much more optimistically you view life. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I totally agree with that. I stopped. Um, I didn't really watch the news in the first place, but I watched like social, like I don't want to call it social media news, but people would post things on social media or make YouTube videos. Um, And I just decided I I haven't watched any of it in like maybe a month. And it's so much better. I used to get really sucked into it and then I would get distracted and like God wasn't, you know, on my mind. I wasn't reading the Bible and I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I stopped and it is, it's great. It's a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Twitter is a nightmare to stay off of Twitter. Everybody, it's not going to serve you any good whatsoever. Um, one of the other things that I, I found fascinating is um, there's a, there's a free app. Maybe you already have it. It's just called the Bible app. And within it, there are uh, reading plans. You can, you can find one that'll take you through the new Testament or through the whole Bible or the one that I'm doing this year. Every day takes you through four different passages all over the Bible. And by the time the year ends, you've read the whole Bible. And there's a guy who reads. If you don't want to sit there and you don't want to read the text, or maybe you're driving and you've got a daily commute, this guy's voice. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ it's like, Jesus. It's like Darth Vader uh, reading you the Bible. Together with the overseers and deacons. Grace and-, and I'm telling you all right now, if you're looking for a really cool idea, in about 15 minutes a day, he will read you the four passages of the day. And through the entire year, you can go through the whole Bible. Now, how many of us have had that on our list of things? We, someday I want to read through the whole Bible. You can, If you're driving, you can do it every day in the car and have him read it to you. And it's, it's just, a, even if you're not catching every last comma and every last word and the investment of that time, which amounts to the commercials in an hour-long TV show, uh, the investment of that time will profit you so much. Your soul will be enriched by it. And if you can grab one takeaway every day from what this, what the passage is, um, here's my favorite passage. And I, I don't know if you're wrapping up yet, but I wanted to make sure I read this to you. This is my life verse, okay? I'll read it because I don't, I don't have it queued up for him to read it. This is Philippians 1.20. And it's especially true in a culture where people of faith are being pushed to the edges a little bit. So I eagerly eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. In no way will I be ashamed but I will have sufficient courage so that, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body. Um, be bold, folks. Stand up for what you believe. Learn what you believe. It helps to have a little defense of your beliefs ready because this is a hostile culture these days. So do some homework and then stand up for your beliefs. Um, one thing that we can learn daily by day, day by day is that those who are in opposition to Christ are pretty bold about it. Mm -hmm. So they've learned this lesson. Have we? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Already. And yes, I am actually starting to wrap up. Would you like to tell them where they could find you? Not besides the podcast. Yeah, I would love to have any of you send a note, say hello. Um, Check us out at hobsonmedia.com. It's just H-O-B-S-O-N media.com. And on there is kind of an overview of the things that we do. I work with a lot of ministries around the country, a lot of homeless shelters, 
a lot of youth ministries. We help with communications and fundraising and who knows, maybe there's somebody in your audience that we could uh, we could help out with some advice and have a conversation. So uh, that'd be the best place to start, hobsonmedia.com. And I'm glad you're doing this. I appreciate you reaching out and uh, having a conversation like this. The first podcast I've done that's just been talking about faith it needs to happen more often. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. You've got it anytime. Okay, I'll get back to you soon. Okay, good. Okay, bye. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to Bill and I talk. I hope you gained some knowledge from our conversation and I hope you guys have the best day ever. God bless you.